Hello. Good morning. <laughs> it's too much already. <laughs> um, good morning, everybody. My name is Janet. I'm one of the mentor ministry interns here um, at Cornerstone. Um, yeah, so today our passage comes from uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Um, and I will first read it and then pray for us as we begin um, the sermon today. Okay. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through the flesh, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence that is here with us. Uh, we pray, God, that you would really just uh, lead this time and uh, use it, Lord God, for your purposes, for your glory, for your kingdom. And all these things, Lord, we pray in your son's name. Amen. So as Pastor Ojin um, said, uh, we're continuing on in our uh, new sermon series for the, for the next, I guess this is our second week, so the next uh, two weeks after this called Gospel Community. Uh, last week, Pastor Bill preached about um, the love of Christ and how that love, uh, love for one another, is really essential to having a gospel community. And today, we're going to explore what it means for a gospel community to be a sanctified uh, community, a community that is continuously growing and maturing more and more into the image of Christ. And this process that we call sanctification is this process of, uh, sometimes we say that's becoming more holy or becoming more like Christ. And it really starts the moment that we are saved. Because the moment that we are saved, we confess our sins, we repent, we declare Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And at that moment, our lives are at once radically different because we have crossed over from death into life. Yet at the same time, uh, we find these inconsistencies in ourselves. There is a gap between the faith that we profess and the state of our hearts. There is a gap between, um, yeah, the faith that we profess and even our actions. And so this is where the work of sanctification happens, right, in this place for the Christian person. There's a preacher who once described sanctification as being God's vision for us to become more integrated people of faith, a work where the Holy Spirit is closing the gap between our head and our heart and our word and our deed. And in this sanctification process, we are not alone. We are all going through it. 
Um, and we are not really supposed to be in it for ourselves. We're in it with our church communities, which is sort of the whole point of this sermon series, to talk about community. Um, so your personal sanctification and my personal sanctification actually affects the people around us. So sometimes I like to think about community um, like, like an orchestra. Um, I have music background, so this is, well, this is how I think, I guess. Um, but in an orchestra, there are many moving parts, and there are a lot of the same instruments playing the same part of a large orchestral piece. And to some, it may seem like, oh, well, if like one person is not doing a great job, but they're doing a, a good enough job, like that's fine, because there's enough people to, to like cover for them. But in order for an orchestra to be really great, and in order for this orchestra to perform the most beautiful and the most meaningful music, each individual has to put in the work and learn their parts. They have to practice diligently to perfection because they know that their individual contribution to the orchestra matters. And so there's this sort of individual and corporate element to an orchestra where your individual practice flows into the corporate performance. And I think this is sort of sometimes what I think the church looks like. There is both an individual and corporate component to our faiths. There is a private and personal um, pursuit of holiness and godliness on our own, but it feeds into the life of the church. And so our passage addresses this. Um, and in the beginning, um, in, the, in verses 19 to 21, the author sort of lays out this foundational groundwork um, of the final and definitive work and ministry of Christ. The person and work of Christ gives us, it says, confidence to enter into the holy places, which is really um, the most holy place or the place where God's presence dwelt, especially in Old Testament times. And he also says that we have um, a great priest, and this is Christ, over the house of God, and who bridges this gap between us and God. And this is sort of the foundation and basis for the next few verses and the next few um, encouragements that, um, that, he, that he makes. So now, because of that work, the author exhorts or encourages us to do three things. And these three encouragements help us to identify three different characteristics of a sanctified gospel community. So the first is, uh, is faith. This is the first characteristic of a gospel community. So verse 22 um, reads, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So some of the language in this verse uh, is reminiscent of the Old Covenant worship language found in the Old Testament. Uh, things like uh, our hearts sprinkled clean and bodies washed with pure water. These are um, typical ways and parts of ceremonies for purification rituals from the Old Testament. And what this communicates to us is that for the author, to draw near to God is to draw near in worship. This is an act of worship. And 
I don't know how, but I always end up talking about the Old Testament whenever I speak, and it's not on purpose, <laughs> but it's, it's part of um, the richness of the Old Testament that allows us to understand what these New Testament authors are talking about. Um, and for us, as people under the New Covenant, through the new and living way of Jesus, we don't need to perform these kinds of ceremonies or rituals. We don't need to be cleansed in these ways. Instead, we are to draw near with a true heart. And the full meaning of a true heart is one that is sincere, one that is committed, one that is loyal. And our hearts are able to be fully devoted, genuinely committed, because of this full assurance of faith that the author talks about. And we receive this um, when we believe in Jesus Christ. And so a sanctified gospel community is a community of faith. It is one that is fully devoted, completely loyal to Christ. It's a community that draws near to God. And to draw near to God, to approach him, is to intentionally spend time with him. It's to be in God's presence and to be there on purpose. And as Christians, there are many different ways that we can do this. Um, there are all kinds of spiritual disciplines like fasting, taking Sabbath, giving, worship, all these things. But two of the most maybe simple and maybe most fundamental spiritual disciplines that we can intentionally do to spend time with God is to read scripture and to pray. These are two, I guess, good, what I think are pretty good starting points for people who maybe have never incorporated any, any spiritual disciplines into their daily life. And it's always a place that, that needs renewal um, for those who have done it and maybe haven't, haven't, haven't read scripture in a while, haven't prayed in a while. It's always a place that, that I think merits our attention. And when we do these things, do these spiritual practices, um, it's really not about understanding every last detail in every passage that you read or about hearing something really profound from God in every moment that we pray. It's really about the attitude and posture of our hearts before the Lord. Are we willing to say to God, God, I want to be fully devoted to you. I want to know you more. Would you make me more like you? And when we say things like that, when we pray things like that, are we really willing to follow through? So I think for uh, just a personal, I guess, example of how I incorporate these things in my life and what that looks like. Um, I tend to, I'll read scripture, I'll usually be reading, doing some kind of reading plan or I will just pick a book and I'll read a chapter a day or I'll figure some, some, some kind of system out for, for myself. I'll like mark up my Bible and I'll always sort of uh, journal and reflect on what I'm reading because otherwise I just read it and then I walk away and I don't understand anything that happened. So I will take that time to do that, and I was, um, I was looking through some of my old, like, reflections 
which I hate doing because <laughs> it's really uncomfortable and I hate it. <laughs> like I hate reading the things that I can write. But um, for the sake of this message, I did. Um, and I was looking back just to see like what I had written or what I had um, gotten out of different passages. And um, sometimes, like I wrote nothing. It's just <laughs> just the passages that I read that day. Um, there are other days where it's like extensive. Like I, I did a lot of like deep dive into the scripture that I was reading. Um, I saw one where I just had like two question marks. <laughs> Clearly, didn't understand what's going on there. Um, just like stuff like that, um, that just helped me to be in that moment with God. And I also tend to, so I tend to, I like to pray out loud, but most of the time when I'm doing QT, um, I'm with a lot of people, or it's not a place where I can do that and not seem like an insane person. So I will write out my prayers. Um, and sometimes they're really, really short, and sometimes they're super long and like multiple pages, because, um, yeah, and I'm just... Uh, I'm just really extra when it comes to the things like I pray and the things that I feel and like I want, I want to like work things out. I read some of my prayers from before I started seminary and it's all a great time. Um, and so these are just, this is just an example from my life. I think I know many people who do it kind of differently or similarly and whatever works. Um, it's just really a, a matter of committing to being with God and following through. Even if that doesn't happen every day or even if you feel like you're not really getting anything out of those moments. Because this faith that causes us to draw near to God is just, it's just so key to a sanctified gospel community. When we devote ourselves to Jesus with this full assurance of faith, by reading our Bibles, by praying, by doing whatever it is that allows you to spend that time with God, I believe, I believe that our souls know it. Like our souls understand more than our minds do at times and are formed by these moments that we spend with God because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And so our gospel community, our sanctified gospel community is really characterized by this faith that draws near to God. And the second encouragement um, in our passage is talks about hope. And we read this in verse 23. It says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And this is the shortest, the shortest encouragement um, in, of the three. And in this passage, this hope that is being referred to is the hope of future salvation. In other words, the fulfillment of salvation when we see God face to face and enter into eternity with him. It is hope for that which God has promised, but we have yet to see fulfilled. And the author of Hebrews says that we should hold fast to this confession of hope without wavering without the content of our hope bending this way and that way. He says that we should be steadfast in this hope. But this is honestly not a very easy task uh, to have this kind of hope and to have it in this unwavering way. 
it's really easy to be discouraged by present circumstances that just really suck or to be distracted by things in this world that seem to offer a more immediate satisfaction to a false, really false sense of hope. Even when it comes to this process of sanctification that we're talking about, technically we should and can have full assurance and full confidence and unwavering hope that God will complete this good work in us because God has promised to do so in scripture. But sometimes there are seasons of growth that are long and painful. And there are times where those, those times of growth seem non-existent, like God's not really there. And it's hard to tell if God is really working and if future salvation is really coming. But the author gives us a really simple way to hold fast to this hope. He says to remember that he who promised is faithful. Which doesn't seem like a lot. It's just, <laughs> just thank you. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot, but um, it, it is something that we need to remember. That God is faithful. That God has never, ever proven himself otherwise. We have no reason to believe that God won't come through because he's proved himself over and over and over again in scripture, even in our own lives, in the lives of the people around us. And he's definitely, definitely proven that in Jesus Christ. And so what we can do, because this truth isn't going to change, if anything changes, it's going to be our perception and understanding of it, we need to preach this truth to ourselves and to one another especially in those moments where that hope wavers. We need to preach to ourselves that God is faithful, that he will never abandon or leave us, that he is with us to the end of the age. And our, a sanctified gospel community is really characterized by this kind of hope, this kind of unwavering hope. The third and last encouragement we find in our passage is in verses 24 to 25 of our passage. It's what Pastor Bill preached about last week, which is love. It reads, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Believers in a gospel community are supposed to motivate one another to love and good works. There should be a mutual encouragement and mutual support within the church body. And like Pastor Bill preached last week, the love in authentic Christian community is actively expressed. A love that is seen in words and also in deeds. And this is the kind of love that we should have for one another. And it is also the kind of love that we should encourage in one another. And when we say good works, we can mean morally good uh, or righteous deeds. We can be talking about tangible expressions of caring love. Um, or we can be talking about godly living. Either way, 
They are outward expressions of the Christian faith. Because the Christian faith is just as much about believing as it is about doing and living that faith out. And as we think about how to, how to love one another and how to encourage one another to, to do these things, um, I think we first need to be having these kinds of spiritual conversations with one another. And I say spiritual conversations because we're aiming for like a higher integration of faith and everyday life. So it's all encompassed within these conversations. And so I think we can easily find people to talk to. Um, if you're shy, then it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, I think when I first came to Cornerstone, it was really overwhelming. Um, and somehow I made it through alive, so I think it's okay. Um, but I think it's it's really easy to find people who are willing to talk, and when you talk to talk to people in your church in your church communities, um, like you can talk about the ups and downs of your life, of the victories and maybe the losses of what you experience on a day to day. You can talk about your faith and what it looks like. Talk about who God is to you and how you're trying to pursue Him. And these are the kinds of things that we need to be talking about, that we need to be aware of in each other's lives in order to even begin to encourage and begin to really, um, yeah, stir up one another to these lo- this love and good works. And we're not always going to know what to say. Um, I, think, I don't think there's anyone here that thinks they always have the right thing to say. Um, We're not always going to know how to be helpful and encourage somebody when they're going through different things. Or when you face those moments where you realize you have to maybe push somebody or challenge somebody, rebuke somebody in love, those moments are always difficult. And there are a million ways where these conversations can go wrong or can end with maybe an outcome that you didn't want. Um... But I think that's okay. If we look at like the book of Job, Job is going through just crazy suffering, and he um, it's like he's lost everything. He's, he's suffering a lot, um, and all his friends are trying to encourage him, and they're all doing a really bad job. <laughs> like none of them say the right thing, none of them encourage him in the right way. And it actually just ends up, like, hurting Job. Like, I think for the most part, it's just, like, repent. Or, like, God is probably, like, there's something you did, maybe. Maybe you should repent. Maybe you have to put more of your faith in God. And Job is like, I'm, that's not helpful. And in the the end, what, what happens is God will speak. And that's sort of the way that Job finds, like, healing. And we see this hope in, in suffering. But, and in our own, like, communities, in our own relationships, this, this kind of relational intimacy that we're seeking with one another is going to be kind of messy like that, I think. And it will always, it will always be. It's just, it's people to people, it's sin to sin. It's just always going to be a hot mess. 
But the point is, is that we need to try. That we are called to, to love one another and to be in this marathon of faith together. This is our community, and whether we are here for many years or as Boston is, it's a very transient city and people come and go all the time. But the people that we, we meet here are going to be part of our testimonies for the rest of our lives. And I think that makes it more than worth it to invest in the people around us and to be willing to go to these places and to be sanctified together and to share life together. Because whether we're all here when Jesus returns or we're all in different places, like these are the faces that like, I know I hope to see when I see Jesus face to face. So I think to close, I would like to ask us to just close our eyes and just sort of reflect on just on this crazy journey that you've been on or maybe have yet to start with God to remember what you were like, who you were before, before you were saved, maybe after you were saved, and that just the many, many ups and downs that all of us experience in life and with God. And to just think of the people um, that have really shaped, shaped our lives and helped us to love Jesus more. And then imagine the day when you see Christ face to face. And you see all the people that you've walked with, that have touched your life, and you've seen them, you see them standing with you. And you get to just worship God forever together. I think that makes community seem pretty great and pretty worth it. Father God, we, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who has made this way for us. As a church community, as a, as a family of believers, to approach, approach your throne with boldness, to be saved and reconciled to our Father, but also to one another that we have each other in this long marathon of faith 
that God is sometimes very tiring. But we thank you, God, that you use people like us to to love one another in this church and beyond these walls. And we ask that you would continue to grow us and mature us, even though that process is, is hard for, it's hard for us. We pray and ask that, God, we would be willing to receive, um, to receive that, that kind of love and discipline from you. And we pray that each day we would strive in our own personal walks with you, that it may flow out into the people around us and build up this church to be more and more like you and to be a light in this, in this city, in this world. So we thank you, God, for this message. God, would it continue to speak to us, Lord God, throughout this week? Continue to minister to us, Lord God, and help us to see ways where um, we can be more intentional with you and with each other. We thank you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.